Acorn Podcast is a space where you can tune in to listen to topics ranging from wellness to current events. I'm your host, Ellie Gordon, Master of Public Health, Behavior Analyst, and Ayurvedic Practitioner, and I'm thrilled to be with you all. Season 2 will mostly be dedicated to mommies and babies, the good, bad, and ugly. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Ellie Gordon Podcast. I'm so excited today to have Emily Souza on. Emily Souza is an MACEC, has a master's degree in clinical psychotherapy from Lesley University and a bachelor's degree in sociology from Plymouth State University. She's certified through the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching, is a member of the International Coach Federation, and is trained by Birchwood Farm and Driftwood Stables in equine facilitation and natural horsemanship. Hi, Emily. How are you doing, Mama? Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited that you're on. Emily's a good friend of mine. She's one of my new mama friends, and I'm so happy that we met because she's just so interesting, and the work that she does is so interesting, (laughs) and she's really like... Just taught me a lot more about, you know, what natural horsemanship is. And I wanted you all to hear and um, benefit from what she has to share. So, Emily, can you tell us all how you came into this line of work? I mean, it sounds like you started with psychotherapy, which is really fascinating in sociology. And I don't know if you know, but I actually have my bachelor's degree in sociology as well. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I think it's really cool that you merged sociology, psychotherapy, and then your work with um, the equine uh, world. So can you tell everyone how you got into this and also how you married all of them together? I mean, I think that that's the story of my life. Um, I was fortunate enough to, to grow up with horses and, you know, throughout life's peaks and valleys, I, always had them to reflect and help me get through them. And um, so I always knew at some point that I really wanted to work with horses and people, animals and people, but I just didn't know how. I knew I didn't want to teach. I knew I didn't want to be like a riding instructor. Um, I didn't want to take away from like the horse's spirit. And I really wanted, I saw how much they benefited um, me and helping me uh, develop as a human being. So I I don't know, just through all of my studies and, um, and work with the horses, it just somehow landed in my lap. That's kind of like the universe is calling, right? When things just line up and this is how it went. So I went for my bachelor's in sociology and originally I was really hoping to, um, work with and study how people change who they are, their psychology, their makeup and who they are, depending on social situations. Cause we all wear masks, right? We, we go out to a dinner party and we get dressed up. Um, we go to the grocery store, we go to uh, a friend's gathering. We can mm-hmm. be much more comfortable at a friend's gathering versus like a gala, but we have these different versions of ourselves. And it's just, I think it's so interesting on, on how to marry all those parts of ourselves. Um, into who who we are authentically and um and how to be more congruent to that authentic self in every social setting so that you are that strong grounded woman person um that you are that you're born into be and instead of hiding behind these facades and these masks so after graduation um with the sociology degree 
was kind of just like in this dead end job was, was actually selling mortgages. And it was funny because I, I didn't really do well with sales. I just was more focused on helping people repair their credit. And I got to know their stories and they ended up being my clients for years because I was helping them rebuild build their credit. Um, and I was on my lunch one day and I found this woman named Nicole Burkholzer of um, Birchwood Farm. Mm. And I wrote, it took me a while to write this email because I wanted it to be perfect. Um, but when I finally sent it, um, she offered to take me in and, and well, she met with me first. And then after meeting, she, she mentored me for six months and having been a life coach and, and going through the trainings that she had gone through, she trained me in what she knew, um, which was, you know, again, divine timing because she and I laugh about this to this day. Like if, if it had been a day later or a month later or a week before, like the timing just wouldn't have worked up. There wouldn't have been, she wouldn't have been av- available to take me under her wing, um, which is why I'm always And it doesn't like, sound like you had to seek her. It was. Yeah. I couldn't even um, tell you how I found her because I tried to recreate the search. That That's I amazing. I know. She just like popped up in my browser. I was like, whoa. That's weird. Well, because you can do those because finding a mentor. Yeah. And finding a mentor is not always easy. I mean, you, you can put it out there, but then is it reciprocal? Right. Right. And so it, like you said, it's got to be the right moment, the right timing and the right connection. Um, It takes me back to when I went to India and I was trying to find like a mentor when I was in India because I thought, okay, well, I'm in India and I need to like find my my highest spiritual capacity or like potential. And so I did a similar thing. I Googled and, you know, put put it out there. And then it was just divine timing that I found someone who was receptive and taught me about meditation and yoga and stuff like that. But if I wasn't there at that time, at that moment, you know, and had the proper search, then, you know, it wouldn't have fallen into place. So it sounds like you um, had a great mentor that really showed you the way as far as like what it means to use the horses and coaching to get to um, where you needed to be with your, with your career. And, you know, and I think it's, it's lovely because the psychotherapy piece really matches like the coaching aspect of it. Cause right. you can actually apply probably right. what you Yeah. And, and so after my work, you know, I just, I, I decided to um, go into life coach certification get certified through the ICF, which is the international coach federation. Um, I was trained through IPEC, which is um, the Institute for the Institute for professional excellence and coaching. Um, and, and the training really is like self first, like you have to walk the talk. So as a coach, like you, we all have messy life is messy. So it's not that you have to be perfect. And certainly I have still those peaks and valleys in my life, but it's how I manage my, my way through those peaks and valleys. Um, and coach training really taught me how, how to do that. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I really found that, prof- that experience profound. And then, you know, once you go through that yourself, um, and also having Nicole to, to lean back on and using the horses to bring in in conjunction with what, what tools I was learning and mastering, um, I was able to, to marry the, the two concepts, which is what she had been doing. Um, so, so awesome. So cool. Right. 
So cool. And I like what you said about the sociology piece and like the wearing masks, because that's what you learn in sociology too. Like you're in different environments, you play different roles, right? Right. And then in different, and depending on your culture also, and where you were brought up and your family and your, um, you know, your circumstances like in life lead you to where you, you lead you to wear these different masks. But like you said, we all have like essentially we're one person, but we're like kind of forced to play these roles. And I think that's where the horses kind of teach you to just be still and be who you are, because I'm going to get into what a typical session looks like, but the essence of the horses, I mean, I think horses also have incredible emotional intelligence, just being around them. You just feel this, I don't know what it is, this, this enormous, energy, this enormous power. It's not just, I don't think the fact that they're big, you know, and they're, they take occupy so much space, but it's that they're still, and they're sort of just themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. And they see you, right. Like they, they see you, right. they see into you. And, um, that's something that, especially in this day and age with how much we've been, you know, taken by, the fast paced society that we live in to the technology advances that we have and phones and this and that, like it's a, it's a, a session is literally a, a, an hour to an hour and a half of time for yourself where you just drop in and are present and you have these animals that yes, they're huge, but they're just, they're sentient and they're just there. Um, and just, I feel like it's such a limiting word, but they are there and they absorb all of you. Um, and they see things that maybe you've been ignoring about yourself, or maybe you just become complacent with, but then they challenge you on the areas that you need to in such a loving way that, um, you feel comfortable making the shift real time. And when you make that shift in a session, the horse's behavior changes because they're, they're reflecting back to you constantly minute to minute. Um, they're almost mirroring your emotions right like even I didn't get to ride that day when I came but they probably they're mirroring you which is which is fascinating because like if you're feeling confident I mean I guess it's like the animal kingdom the animal world but they're they probably are just so sensitive that they pick up on on obviously your they read your cues your voice your tone and all of that so they're they're just maybe they want to level they want to be on the same level as you or maybe make you feel I don't know what is that all about why do you think they mirror your emotions well the science behind it is that they're, they're prey animals so um you know dogs are very well known as as therapy animals um and they're great but they're very dependent and they'll run to anybody that's going to give them love for the most part right um horses horses are very independent they can take you or they can leave you and they're for that reason the most similar to humans on a social level so you in essence have to prove yourself um and every and i don't mean that as like an inter- intimidating term but you just they challenge you to show up authentically. And if you're not, they're going to show you and they're going to leave you. They're going to show you by not caring about your presence in their, in their paddock or in their pasture or in their round pen. Um, but they are like, because they're our prey animals, um, you know, they have to read the energy of the environment for their survival. So if you look back for the years and when they're like, when they are wild and free, 
which are the same genetic characteristics. Wild horses have the same genetic makeup as horses that are domesticated. Oh, I see. Um, so they they are programmed to read the energy and they can they can hear up to a mile away they can sense and they, i i don't know if this is fact but I, I always explain it or feel it in the way that they like see almost an infrared vibrational tones so they can feel you to your core almost like have you ever had your aura photographed you know i haven't but i've always wondered because i i know you know obviously you know me i i'm into all this stuff but i never actually i've had someone tell me oh i see your aura but i've actually never gotten the photograph so what what i don't know no but i can i could you know even when you take a regular photograph and sometimes you see like the little orbits and stuff like that or whatever right, um right, but right. it's similar to that yeah 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 so um I kind of feel like they see like in that way. Um, so when you're, you can show up, let's say I was, I always make like this um, analogy. Like you can show up, let's say, you know, decked out to the nines and high heels, not that you would to a barn, but okay. So let's say you're just done up. You have your makeup done, your hair done, and you're coming off as this confident person and you show up to the barn. The horse isn't going to respond, is not going to respond to um, this mask or this facade or or whatever they're going to respond to what's at the core so if at the core you truly are this you know confident um person then they're going to respond to that and offer you respect and offer a join up in some way that's completely customized because it's its own interaction like um versus if you're not truly confident they're going to challenge that they're going to challenge that facade that you're putting on to show up to this new meeting, this new session. And that's where your work will lie. So there's so much information in that first, like five minutes of you coming or any, any new client coming to the barn and meeting the horses. There's so much information that I'm observing and taking in about this client based on how the horse interacts. So without even saying too mm -hmm. much, I can already ask, so many deep questions that is equivalent to six weeks worth of therapy, like traditional psychotherapy, because the person doesn't have to offer this information. I can just see it. I can ask an open-ended question and the person is like, wow, but they feel like, how did you know that? And, but they'll, they feel safe because it's outside. It's not in this, in this room, it's with horses. They don't have to look at me. They can just exchange with the horses. They're given this permission beforehand. Like the, they don't need to sit in a chair. They don't need to, they can just pet the horse the whole time. They can groom the horse. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's pretty, pretty um, amazing. I feel like I'm working with magic. It's a really, a really unique take on therapy. And I think that you kind of nailed it. It's less like um, pressure and intense have to like sit on a chair across from someone and like open up, you know, everything that you, everything you feel like you need to in this one, like 30 or 45 minute session, whereas you're outdoors in nature, there's less pressure. I mean, granted you're with these animals, but it's, it's like, you're there to meet them and like, and it, you can take your time and you, and you can interact. And you, like you said, you can go into the round pin or you can brush them. And, and then from there, you kind of have a conversation and it doesn't have to be like looking straight into somebody's eyes. So that's a really, really cool point that I did not think of. So that's awesome. That's a, that's a really good take on the whole thing. 
and there's no agenda. I mean, like there, there's no typical session. Like I, I definitely have stuff in my back pocket and like the normal flow of things on how they go. But every session is organic to however that person is showing up that day, whether it be their first session or whether it be their 20th. Um, it, it really is like, based on the interaction between the horse and the person. And it's, it's really, you know, I know a lot of people might be scared of horses because they're big. So obviously there's all safety protocols in place. Um, we go over all of that beforehand. If someone's uncomfortable, we can stay outside of the pen. Like it's not, yeah, like I remember to... we went over all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me what was your experience? Yeah. So I actually, I mean, I came home and I just felt like you said, I mean, I didn't, I've never really experienced like horse, like equine therapy. And, and I thought that, you know, it was great that I knew you and you're my friend and I could trust you ahead of time, but I feel like, um, just kind of going in there, not knowing what to expect too. It was just sort of like exciting. I was a little bit nervous, but, mm-hmm. um, meeting, there were two horses there. I won't give it away. Cause I know that there will be <laughs> people coming to see you, but I didn't know their names. I didn't know their genders. Emily didn't tell me any of that. And she sort of just asked me to tap into my intuition and to kind of connect with them. And I was able to kind of figure out who these horses were. I almost got one of the you names did. correctly. I, I said it started with a certain letter and I, I ended close. up, I think I ended up getting close. So close. I thought that that was very fascinating that after being with that horse for, I don't know, a half an hour or 40 minutes, I was able to connect on a different level. And I I walked over there. I connected more with one of the horses versus the other. So we ended up, I ended up working with that horse. Emily told me to try to use the rope halter, which was really a mess because I had no idea what I was doing, but Emily helped me. And once we got that on, we were able to kind of even just walking with the horses, like you, like I was, you know, I was definitely a little bit nervous and I feel like they do pick up and mirror your emotions. So when I just sort of let back, let go and, and tried to immerse myself into this experience while Emily was asking me questions about how I felt and what was coming up. And it sort of just, um, helped me in that moment, get to where I needed to be. Cause there were things on my mind and, you know, being a new mom, having, um, a baby, all of these things, there's, there was a lot of high emotions. So Emily really helped me sort of organize it all, you know, with these horses that are highly connected to her as well. So I feel like she was able to not only tap into me as her friend, but her horses and her communicated about what I needed. Um, so it was really cool being in the round pen. I really enjoyed interacting with the horse. And, um, I guess I engaged in natural horsemanship. What is that, Emily? (laughs) So before we even get into that, I mean, you were doing it from the minute you showed up Yeah, and even just you, you reflect on your experience now is so fascinating because if you break it down to like, I was nervous, you know, I know Emily's a friend, so I trusted the process, but I was still scared. Also, I remember Ellie, this was your first time leaving Gigi at home. So, I mean, that's nerve wracking in and of itself. Like, yeah. So, and the horses are picking up on all of this stuff. And then the reason why I gave you a rope halter, which 
for horse people you may know and then for non-horse people you're like i don't know what 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 even is a halter so a halter traditionally in english world is like something that you can probably figure out through manipulation with your hands like how to put it on um the the horse's face it's kind of like a collar right a rope halter is basically like jumbled rope that's has certain knots in certain places and people look at it like a jigsaw puzzle and i give this to new clients um has to kind of put them in the red zone right to put them in this this place of amplified emotion because i want to see them figure out how to emotionally regulate so and how they work under that pressure and the fact that they're in a new environment, the fact that they're, you know, trying to get it right. Am I getting it right? Can I ask for help? Ellie was able to ask for help. A lot of us can't. Um, I have to get it right. I have to power through this. How come? I'm, and like all the self-talk that comes up just in this simple exercise it is offers me so much information about who this person is. Um, so then in the round pen, you know, leading the horse, of course, is also natural horsemanship. You have to be a leader. You can't you're not saying, come on, baby. Like you are, you have to be like, no, we're going, let's go. It's like working with a child. Like I've made up my mind. I'm having confidence. I'm looking forward. This is where we're going. I'm standing grounded. I feel my feet on the ground and it, you have to be mindful and present in these moments. Cause otherwise the horse is going to be like, why am I following you? Why am I putting my, my safety? Like, cause again, right. think about the prey animal. The prey animal is always on alert. They're always worried about a mountain lion coming out of the bushes. So, um, for you to put a halter on their head, their head, or likely also take up their foot if you're picking out their feet, they're surrendering themselves to you. And so if you question yourself and your ability to do so, they're going to question you. Same thing as your children. Your children are going to question you if you question anything about what you're doing. So it empowers you to really be who you are. I've made up my mind. This is the direction we're walking. And it's just as simple. Like, I mean, it's not like, a life or death situation is literally walking down a path, but it still matters. I remember you telling me like you're leading this horse, horse is following you, stay grounded. And it helped when I just planted my feet and I was like, okay, we can do this. And because they can sense too, it's not, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's like, you know, um, they're not like our children can manipulate or influence us, but they, yeah, so they can, t- they can t- just yeah. kind of write you off. They like, t- oh, well, she's, she's not advantage. sure, right. she's, yeah. she, you know, right. Like right. she's not sure what she wants. Like, like you said yeah, in the beginning, 100%. like, I don't need this. Uh, I don't need that whack energy. I'm just going to walk away or do my own thing. So it helps you build your confidence for sure. I remember that point too. You're like, Ellie, you need to just pull and, you know, take charge. So, so one of the things horses I've, I've read with the whole symbolism is they're known for their confidence and their, you know, nobility and their power and their freedom. And so just like you're, they're mirroring off of you, you can also mirror off of them, which I felt also throughout the process. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I don't think I've heard that before, Ellie. Like, I love that. So you take their strength and you drink it up and you just. (laughs) Exactly. Carry that forward into your life. I love it. Exactly. Exactly. And how lucky are you that you get to be around them all the time? (laughs) I know. So cool. Fortunate. So fortunate. This is why, like, I got them after college. I'm like, I'm never letting them go. Yeah. Very lucky. And this is why. No. 
I like, I don't own them. They, I own another, another living. So I take care of them and I've like okay. devoted myself to care for I, they're both rescues. Um, but I, when I adopted them, I, um, made the vow an energetic vow, um, to them and to the universe that I would always care for them until they're gone. And horses live to like 40 and they're 25 and 20. So they're getting into their older or mid midlife. Um, most horses really don't make it to 40. I think the Guinness book of world records is 40. Most horses oh, wow. are 28 or 30. So, um, but like they're, they're my babies. Like they, they have been through everything with me and I am so fortunate. Um, so, but to be able to offer, yes, I get to have them every day. And this is like, my therapy is coming and doing the barn chores and seeing them and grooming them and mucking the stalls and doing whatever. But like, I I'm doing the world a disservice if I'm hogging them all to myself. So like, I just, I want to offer this to people on an affordable level so that it's mm-hmm. not $5,000 to get this, this take. You don't need to spend this kind of money. And that I think is ludicrous if you're actually doing that. Um, so to be able to, you know, at $150 an hour or a session, I should say, to, to be able to come and, and reflect um, and, and really see who you are, like th- that is, is just priceless to me. Um, right. And again, say it's a service that like, I think is so necessary that like I, I sometimes like have a sliding scale and it depends on your circle, like depending on how committed you are to yourself and to your growth mm-hmm. and to like your, you know, the feeling that I get from, from your conviction, then I'm like, I'm willing to work with people even for free in exchange for whatever, because it it, it is, I want to change the world and it's not about money to me. That's beautiful, Emily. It's beautiful. And so I I guess that leads us to who can benefit from this. This is like everyone. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, 10 or you're 50 or, you know, I mean, it just, it's, it's a whole range of people who can benefit it from it. Um, Who are your typical clients? Are they, do you have like a, do you have a specialty for like who you, do you have any of that? Or is it really just who, whoever's destined to come to you or whoever you meet along your path? I mean, I think that there's, there's definitely, and I don't know, I mean, I've been in business for 15 years and certainly there's, there's an intuitive feel from a person who's ready to embark on this journey. And say 97, like, so my first session is always complimentary because it's an investment in yourself and, mm-hmm. and not financially. Yes, it's an investment financially, but it's more so an investment in your future and it takes work. So the work that you do in the session is only part of it. It has to come through in your day-to-day, minute-to-minute life. And so I, yeah, I, it's a feeling of, of that I get from people who are really ready to take that on. Um, and of the people that have reached out to me over the last 15 years, I'd say 97% are ready to embark on this. And it's interesting how they find me, right? Cause I've, I've really not spent, I don't have a marketing budget. I'm all word of mouth. I'm on Facebook. I'm, you know, I, I, mm-hmm. I do very, very little in terms of marketing. I could up that game big time, but that'll come in time. Um, but, you know, if you found me, it's kind of the way that I found Nicole, right? Um, where I just, I feel like people are uh, aligned. Right. Um, and there's some people, if they're not 
ready, you know, make suggestions of things that they can try. And if they want to try back in a couple of months, if they're feeling called to it, then, then they can do that. But it's really like, it's a choice-based um, program, but you have to be ready to, to put the work in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess typically a lot of, a lot of my clientele are kids. Like I started a summer camp for kids for leadership development um, and social and emotional literacy and horseback riding. Um, so I had, oh my gosh, when I left Massachusetts, I had, uh, ooh, I think 30 kids enrolled in a, in a camp. And I started this like during COVID. Wow. It was, That's so I amazing. I mean, again, things align. So like, even though there was all these health department regulations in Massachusetts, because we were outside and I was like limiting the groups and I was able to get the staff to, to make sure that kids were like limited to 10 people, 10, 10 kids per group and blah, blah, blah. Like, and we were outside, like, I mean, literally everything just lined up. So I love working with kids. I love working with teenagers. That's so beautiful. I love working with, um, court, I always call it like mid twenties quarter life crisis. Cause it's like, when you graduate from college, you're like, what the heck am I supposed to do with this decree that I just spent all this money on? Um, <laughs> excuse my voice mm-hmm. guys. <laughs> um, so no, I know. Sorry. I'm making you no, talk no, no, so no, much. I know that. you're getting over. I know. Well, no, it's all good. I just, I, I think I have not been talking for a whole week. So I'm talking a lot. She's got her podcast voice. I on, do. Though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so but and then I, I love working with women I love working with I mean you can literally cater this to any any population um I've worked with schizophrenics I've worked with people right. who are anxious I've worked with people who are depressed I've worked with people who are bipolar I've worked with an out of the clinical realm you know oh, working with yeah. subgroups like veterans or and PTSD and people with uh, traumatic brain injuries to mama, like people who are like on the functional level. That is so fascinating. Yeah. On the functional level, like working with Mm -hmm. mamas who are just trying to get their S together and um, trying to figure out how to live their best life and prioritize. It's, it's hard to, when we, when we feel like we've lost ourselves and, and not that maybe we don't even feel like we've lost ourselves, but you know, your life is now dedicated to your kids or your child. And um, you've got to prioritize time for, this is what I was saying. You were trying to, you, you need to prioritize time for yourself in order to make time for others. Like, yeah, uh, it, it's cliche. And this is an old statement that many of you may have heard before, but, you know, in an airplane, if it's going down, you put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you put it on anybody else because you have to protect yourself first. So I do like this statement that to be selfless, less, you have to be selfish, interesting, selfish, which I, yeah, I think that that, I think that that's a term, but it's like a Hawaiian statement because you have to take care of yourself first, even in relationships with your children, with your husband, with your spouse, with your partner with your friends, like you have to put yourself first and make your voice heard and do that confidently without fear of being judged or being, um, you know, whatever your self-talk might be. Mine is like, oh my God, everybody's judging me. So that's something that I've worked through in this lifetime and I'm still working through. Um, but you know, to be authentic is to like really move into that and, and through it. And I have to make the time for myself to have self-care whether that be going to my acupuncturist or going to my coach or 
whatever it might be, but having the boundaries around my own time so that I can take care of myself um, is essential in me being a better supporter and love for my family. And thank you um, for saying that. So uh, thank yeah, you for saying that because I think, you know, this season, it's all about mamas and babies. And I think uh, more moms need to come to you because you really helped. And um, at the end of our session um, together, I actually she has, Emily has this awesome deck of cards and one of them came through for me. And what I got was like, for me, it was like, follow your soul's purpose, all that good stuff. But what really stuck with me was ask for help. And there's that, I guess it's my ego or I don't know what it is, but I, you know, in this motherhood journey too, like, I just felt like I, I should be the one to do everything for my kid. I need to do everything or even for my husband or, or whatever it may be. Like I'm, I can do it. I will pick it up. I will handle it. I'll take on another task. I'll multitask. I got this, but then you start to you yeah. start to lose yourself in all of it. And you also start to lose your mind. And, you know, you have to just put that aside and just ask for what you need and step up and say, you know, I need this time for myself or trust that people will be able to nurture the way you nurture or maybe not in the same way. But, you know, basically like being the gatekeeper mama is is also just like, not the way to go. And I think that that, that asking for help piece came through too with the horses. And, and I think that that kind of goes back to what you're saying is that self-care piece as a mother, making sure you have time for yourself, because if you're not at an optimal level, like, I don't even think your family is benefiting from you. It's just like, you're, you're not there, right. You're just there. And you're like, sleep deprived and whatever else cliche I'm saying, but it's the truth. It's, it's like, you, you need to take the step back and just be like, this is what I need, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and just like the horses do, like when your energy is anxious or nervous, they might need to step away from you. And I remember in the beginning when I was trying to figure out all that, one of the, the horse like walked away and I'm like, oh shoot, I felt rejected. But it's like, nobody wants to be around that kind of energy anyway. So if you're not taking that time to take care of yourself or to reground yourself, if you're just scattered and all over the place, like you're actually not even benefiting the people aren't around you are you're physically present because you think you're, Oh, I'm this hero, but you're actually not, it's not the presence that people like, it's not benefiting your, your energy is not what others necessarily want. So taking that time to yourself, taking that, going to, you know, a session or, or getting the self-care or like you said, the acupuncture or the massage or whatever. So that was, that's a really good point that you brought up. And also before we end, I have to just say, back to what we're saying, uh, because we're taking this into the mom perspective too, is like following your passion as a mother. And Emily, I think that I just commend you for like, you traveled from Massachusetts with your two horses and your baby and all of that, your husband and all of that. So, and it's a big risk and it's scary and you did it. And so tell us, this will be the last of it, but following your passion as a mother, I mean, how are, how are you doing that? I mean, it's wonderful. And what can you say to other moms who are sort of just like, you know, I have my children, I have this, I have you know, whatever these ideas, 
but I'm so nervous to take the risk or I'm nervous to continue this or I don't, or I feel guilt leaving my child. What do you have to say? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. How much, much more time do we have? I, um, you know, I think that for me, we moved here when I was eight months pregnant and two dogs, or three dogs, two horses, my husband, and in the middle of a pandemic. Um, and it was, it was challenging to say the least. And, and here we are now moving to Austin a year and a half later. That's so right. like, I just, I just feel completely uprooted constantly. And so I don't think I'm doing it well. Um, and, and that's just me, I think, uh, internalizing and analyzing this, but you know, it, it is a lot to, to move our huge family to another location, but it makes sense for us. And, um, if you've got a partner you can lean on, lean on them and use that and strategize how to be a better team. Um, because that has been my saving grace. And there's times, I mean, oh my gosh, we'll argue, but it can't be, um, it, it, everybody's voice needs to be heard and you have to be able to rely on each other. So in, in essence, all of these moves have essentially made us closer together. Um, and, you know, Grayson being young enough, I'm not that worried about her transplanting and having a difficult road ahead. I mean, she's going to find friends wherever she goes. She certainly loves the one she has here, but, um, you know, she's going to make good friends there too. So, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a tough, it's a tough thing. But what I'm trying to get at, it's very, it, I mean, that's really brave that you're doing that another move, you know, in, in a short period of time, but you're, you're sort of just like going where the wind takes you. And it's kind of just like, from an outsider perspective, because I'm not in your family, it's sort of just refreshing to be able to just be able to drop everything and just do it. And like you said, you have a support system with your partner, your husband, and you guys and your your beautiful daughter, and you, you're able to just work together to make that happen. And even if you go and you don't, you decide, whoa, what am I doing? You have each other to fall back on. But you could have, you know, just dropped your whole, like, you know, your, your, your passion with your horses, just like, this is too much. I mean, you could do that now and you're not. So what is, so basically, I guess my question is, is you're, you're just, you're just going with it. I think that's, that's, that's the answer is, is it's a risk. Like you don't know what it's going to be like in a different state, how people, like, if it's going to be receptive there, I mean, it sounds like you do, and there's a community out there, but you just have to kind of go for it and, and, and follow your passion and see where it takes you. What's interesting is that a hundred percent, I agree with you, but I, I am going with the flow and it, everything in my body is resistant to this because we just got here. Yeah. Um, but I, everything is lining up mm -hmm. everything. I mean, like literally we got an apartment in two days. We've, you know, the horses are going to this 45 acre farm. They're going to be turned out to this 10 acre pasture with a huge, I mean, like, it's just, it makes so much sense and everything is lining up perfectly that, um, I don't know, like maybe, maybe it is right. And if it's not like nothing's permanent, so we can always move. We can always exactly. find some other place. We can come back here. We can do something else. But I feel like 
this is the right move for us, even though my resistance, and I know this is coming from how fast this has to happen, because I feel like I have all these really wonderful friendships that I've made. And that's what kills me is like leaving so quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. I grow roots pretty quickly, but I'm also excited to grow roots there. And I think we'll be able to establish our dream um, much more quickly in Austin than we are here. Like we have the ability to buy a lot of land. Um, exactly. And, and so it's an opportunity able- that you want right. to take. And so right. tell us, Emily, how can, you know, the listeners find you? I know you're moving to Austin, but you, your work is, is, is at this point, it's across states, which is awesome. So, um, how can, how can listeners who want to, who want to start this journey with you, how can they find you? Um, you know, it sounds like you're hopefully going to be planning some awesome, um, amazing events out there when you, when you get it, when you get settled. So I want the listeners to be able to connect with you and uh, meet you. So where can they find you and how can they reach you? For sure. Well, thank you for the plug. And yeah, Yeah. I'm definitely like the plan in the next year is to have an up and running, um, maybe not the next year, but something going along the lines of that, um, a retreat center. So I think we're going to be shifting more into the space of doing weekend to week long retreats um, combined with nutrition and yoga and all these holistic um, and mindfulness practices to better ourselves and make ourselves feel good in this. And figure out and follow my updates um, by my Instagram. So I have a couple. One is Catalyst Coach on Instagram and that's Catalyst with a K. Um, And I'm also Equanimity Austin. So Equanimity but with an I instead of an A, um, I'm not going to spell it out because I think I messed that up anyway. <laughs> so, so good luck with that. But you guys will figure it out. <laughs> we'll find you and your and your website. And my website is catalyststrong.com. Um, but I really, you know, I've been in, enjoying this time with you, and and I uh, I hope to hear from you if you have any questions. Or if you have anything, any feedback, any remarks, like I'm happy to take them. Feel free to message me on either Instagram or um, on my website. I'm happy to to uh, to answer you as soon as I can. Thank you so much, Emily. We are going to miss you out here, but I I know we're going to stay connected and um, and do great things together. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, you're going to come out. You're going to come out and do a retreat with me. I know it. Well, it was a pleasure. I'm manifesting and, that, Ellie. Okay, we're, we're going to make it happen. We're going to make it happen. I've never yes. been to Austin. It would be a fun, fun to come check it out. Oh my gosh. And now you've got me and Paulina there. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. You've it's so come. funny. It's so funny. Yeah, it's amazing. All right, my friend. I will speak to you soon. <sighs> well, thank you. Okay. All right. Talk Sounds to you good. Soon. Thanks, Ellie. Okay, All right. Bye. Bye-bye.